All right. Welcome to episode nine of the Play Your Yards Right podcast. I'm Sasha. I'm here with Sarah. And again, we're still in the summer. I hope everybody had a great 4th of July. Sarah got outside, played some played some uh, yard games like you wanted to. Of course, some cross net, um, which basically four square, but volleyball for adults. Very fun if you haven't tried it. So yeah, it was good. Lots of fun barbecuing. Did you stir up some controversy at your barbecue that you went to? No, yeah, I tried no. to. You know, <laughs> yeah, I, I got my, I got all excited after your uh, Tour de France talk, and uh, I went over there all hyped up. But nobody, nobody wanted to talk about it with me. So we had to, uh, mm-hmm. we had to make it exciting and find our own ways. But. Holidays always fun. Weather's good. Mm-hmm. I, I hate the humidity. I'm tired of it. And uh, this is all that we have to talk about with no football. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, now that we're in the all-star break of baseball, we don't even have anything. I was watching a terrible soccer game last night. You know, USA ended up winning, got exciting at the end. But it's like, as a guy that likes soccer and I'm watching terrible soccer, it just feels like this time of year is dragging on worse than ever before. Mm-hmm. No, agreed. I mean, that's literally, like I said last episode, like I have fully engrossed myself in the Tour de France. Like today's a rest day. And I'm like, I was like, what do I do this morning when I'm supposed to be working right now? <laughs> like it's a rest day. And I was like, I was like, why did I become so codependent on this mediocre sport? And I think we're just desperate. We're yeah. absolutely, totally desperate. But I mean, I guess, you know, we do have some football things, which we can just jump right into. Nothing major in terms of actual NFL but we can get excited about coverage of the NFL um, hard knocks. I know you mentioned it in here and I was like, yeah, this is a really good point. Why have they not announced who will be the hard knocks team? I, I feel like there's gotta be something going on behind the scenes that we don't know about. I don't know if the owners hate it. I don't know if the players hate it. I mean, this clearly like does very well for HBO or max now, whatever they're calling it. I don't know if there's some weird contract things, but like I was always under the impression that the teams couldn't say no. Like I thought I that there was some, I know there was some controversy or like some, you know, one of the owners or one of the teams that said they didn't want to do it a couple of years ago, but I, I don't, I, I, and they're also not being like, you know, it's going to be a surprise. It's going to be a surprise. It just feels like it's being ignored and they're not bringing it up. And it's, it's kind of like, we all feel like it's going to be the jets, right? Like ever that's the only team of the, like, sure, I mean, there's would be fun or whatever, but it's like all the drama with the jets, all the players are coming in with Aaron Rodgers. Like, it seems like the logical thing. And it's like, why are they making us wait? Well, I think the only logical thing is that Aaron Rodgers is dragging them on in the contract negotiations. Ooh. If it's going to be Jets. I mean, I because I hear you. I think everyone, that's who everyone wants it to be. I think that's who Hard Rocks wants it to be for the ratings. So maybe they're working, you know, pushing really hard behind the scenes to make it the New York Jets this year. And it, for whatever reason, it's stalled or someone, and we all know who someone is, is being difficult about it. But yeah, it, it's a little bizarre. And like, we definitely should have heard several weeks ago. And no yeah. one's even saying like why are we didn't hear. Like it's yeah, it's gonna be starting soon. Like it usually comes out like the first like the first episode is like the first week in August, and it's like we're three mm-hmm. weeks away from that. You would think that like production of any sort takes some like they got to get some shit organized. They got to need to like get stuff set up, or at least the team would need to know where they're going. Like, I just feel like all that stuff always takes forever. I mean, obviously they're good at like they turn these episodes around in a week. Like they they're able to make right. it fast, but. I, I just it it the, how quiet it's being and how it's like every week I'm searching for it and like there's no new news it just feels very very weird and it's like I need something to get excited about and speaking of mm-hmm. getting excited about I just saw on Twitter today the official trailer for that for the quarterback that Netflix documentary and I am fully fucking in I couldn't be more mm-hmm. excited even seeing Mar- Marcus Mariota it honestly it feels yeah. kind of like 
feel the only my only takeaway is like it feels rude that like Marcus Mariota is in this like three guys in yeah. stages of their career. It's like you get the guy that wins mm-hmm. a Super Bowl. They're showing him with like his wife and his baby and like building this mega mega mansion. Kirk Cousins got his like twenty little blonde kids or whatever cooking steaks mm-hmm. all weird and doing his weird stuff. And it's like Marcus Mariota is just fighting for his goddamn life out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a interesting juxtaposition where I was like, is this what they're going for <laughs> with this? Like, but yeah, I saw um, the trailer Friday and I literally like watched it before bed because I honestly forgot that this was coming out. And yeah. I honestly couldn't fall asleep because I got this like adrenaline rush watching it where I was like, oh, this like just feels so good to be watching good football. I mean, Mahomes just in himself had me hyped. And I think I think that Kirk Cousins will be fun to watch in his own quirky way. And it's just like Mariota. Like, it's just, I feel like all of his scenes are just going to be like when people get up, you know, go to the bathroom. Like, you're not, yeah. you're just like, they're the little teasers within there. Um, which he's not even like, he's on the Eagles this year, which I had to Google because I was like, yep. he's definitely not on the Falcons still, which is the team that he's on during this. And he's on the Philadelphia Eagles this year. So I feel like that's weird in itself. Like, that obviously maybe they couldn't control it when they signed the contracts and everything, but to have like a documentary on a player who's not on that team anymore. Cause like, even though we know it's not like real time, people like sort of like to think it is, you know, yeah. when you're watching it and to have him be in a different organization is a little bit weird, but I can't wait. It's going to be so awesome. And it's just, I feel like this is just exactly what we need right no, now. Yeah. It seems really cool. It just seems obviously like it's super well done and then getting all these behind the scenes stuff. So I think it will be cool to see the the like you said the juxtaposition like those like cousins and Mahomes are not fighting for their jobs and like obviously mm-hmm. the shit that they're doing and these gigantic contracts that they have and exorbitant lifestyles which, I mean obviously like you know Marcus Mariota is no not a not hurting in the money department either but right. like he's you know it's it's going to be a very different you know going in and working as a quarterback kind of thing so I, I do think that is going to be interesting. And uh, curious to see kind of how what his preparation looks like. And I mean, it's, you know, it's like <laughs> what Peyton Manning said at the beginning. He's like, it's the hardest thing to do in all of sports. It's like, I, I, I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to see going behind mm-hmm. the scenes, the injuries, the rehab, that like, you know, the, the what, whatever they're doing for the other six and a half days a week when everybody's not watching them on Sundays. I think it's going to be super, super cool. So start that this week we'll get hyped and maybe we won't even have to think about hard knocks anymore if this is as cool as we hope it is yeah maybe that's the plan all <laughs> all along here maybe hard knocks and this was coming out and they're like hmm, we need to take a little bit of a back seat here and yeah, they're we, gotta, come we out need like, to figure out how we can make this better the competition got tough. yeah um, yeah and uh kind of like baseball i guess it's the only thing going on right now fit it you know yankees suck it's really all i have to say it seems like uh all all the we this all that's going on is that uh shohei otani is doing things nobody's ever done and then the yankees mm-hmm. are just frustrating me to no end so that's that's kind of where i'm at in baseball right now it just makes me upset yeah i was happy with how the orioles came out of that series against the yankees because i was like this would be classic Orioles. Like that was a meaningful series between the two of them. Um, and the fact that they were, you know, able to pull off that one 14 to one win yeah. and then another one from there and kind of maintain their position, I think was good for them being a younger team and, you know, showing that they can win in meaningful games. Um, and I think that will continue to be a morale booster they had later in the season. But yeah, I was like preparing for this episode. And I'm like, wow, this is baseball heavy. And this is a lot of work for me because yeah. I still haven't really gotten into it too much, but um you know like we talked about the home and derby the all-star game like fun things to throw on so at the time of recording we have the home and derby tonight so that's going to be the bulk of this episode um 
is a little preview for that, which I don't know, should we just like call this like Pete Alonzo day? Because I feel like this is his day. Like he trains for this. <laughs> I'm not saying he's going to win. I'll get to my predictions later, but I feel like he is like associated with the home run derby in the past few years. And uh, I think he's making his career out of it now. It, it listen, it's working pretty well, especially the way the Mets are going. Um, you know, it doesn't seem like you have a lot, he has a lot else to really be looking forward to. Um, I love the home run derby. I feel like it's just, you know, as you start as a kid and then just as a guy, you're like, you're like, you're like I just want to see the big man hit the ball far. Like that's just exciting. And that's just what I, what it's like, what's not to like, you get to put that on, you get to watch these guys try to crush home runs. Um, I always get excited for it. I feel like in the middle of it, I end up losing a little bit of steam. Almost like it's kind of like the dunk contest a little bit, like in basketball, yeah. where it just like the buildup is almost more exciting than it ever ends up actually being. You're almost like, oh, it's going to be so sick because like you remember stuff when you were a kid. You like, remember like, oh, man, that's going to be so much fun. And then it's like come like round six. You're like, all right. I mean, they're just swinging and the announcers always feel like they're struggling because it's just like it's a, the same thing over and over again. But right now I'm in the I'm very excited, uh, ex excited mo uh, kind of moment of it. So let's go all into the home run derby predictions. A um, couple, you know, a couple big names in here. Obviously, Pete Alonzo, like you said, Vlad Guerrero Jr. They just seem like big dudes that like to just mash dingers. And uh, mm -hmm. that's always going to be exciting. I was kind of surprised how few home runs Vlad Guerrero Jr. has had this year already. It seems like that has always been kind of his thing, but yeah, only having 13 home runs like is, is not as many as I would expect him to have in the regular season. But I think he, I think he shows out here. And then there's a couple of the new guys, your guy, Adley Rushman on the, on the mm -hmm. order. It's always fun. And then uh, a Rosa Reina, I feel like is kind of an underrated player. I mean, he's carried the, yeah. carried the raids for a, for a bunch of years now has been very good. And then, uh, obviously, the 26 home runs, Robert Jr., and then uh, Mookie Betts. I mm -hmm. think it's going to be a fun one. And then uh, my – I don't want to give anything away, but uh, Mr. Rodriguez, Julio Rodriguez, the hometown guy, uh, sitting at plus 500. I like a lot of these guys. So, Sarah, if we mm -hmm. had to go into your predictions, round one winners. So, we got Robert Jr. versus Rushman in the uh, one versus eight. What are you thinking on that? Well, I'm feeling biased today and the full sure. disclosure before we start this, because I had to pick something that I actually care about in order to keep myself engaged. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go with the Oriole here. I got to go with Rutschman. I mean, I think that he plus 1600. Um, I do think from what I saw, just, you know, people do think he's going to come out of this first round against Robert Jr. Um, so he is, has the fewest home runs of anyone in this, but just 11 on the year so far. But I don't know. I think there's something to be said about that, you know, rookie boost. He's having an overall really good year. So I'm hopeful he comes out of this one um, in the first round. And I maybe took him too far. <laughs> we'll see. He's <laughs> the horse that got you here. You got you to ride him. I'm with you on that one as well. I like Rutschman. He seems like a guy that wants to show up in the big moment. Um, he's kind of getting into the zeitgeist now. You know, it's like, it seems like, like people like it. Like they're, people are happy that, you know, the Orioles are kind of the underdogs. They're doing well. Um, you know, the Yankees and the Red Sox are at the bottom of the division and, and they're, the Orioles are playing better than everybody expected. You know, there was, there was right when Rutschman started, he like came out and had all those like emotional little videos and gifts mm -hmm. of him playing to the crowd. And I feel like that just, that plays to every baseball fan's heart yeah. seeing that like kind of emotional uh, or the emotion that he shows. So maybe it's just because of those videos, but I also feel like he's going to come out and uh, and do better than expected. And yeah, I get it. Whatever. 11 home runs. Sure. He's not like the biggest power guy, but these guys made it to the MLB. Like if they're in the mm -hmm. home run derby, like they know how to they know how to swing hard and plus 1600. Right. I, I mean, that's a fun bet. It is. 
It very much is. So I guess we'll get on second round here. We have Garcia of the Texas Rangers. He's sitting at plus 600, 23 home runs on the year. And then Rosarina of the Rays, plus 900, 16 home runs on the year. I feel like in this, I honestly was very indifferent about this. Um, yeah. And I'm also boycotting against the Rays, I guess. Um, so I went with Garcia, 23 home runs. No real reason other than numbers, stats, 23 versus 16. Easy choice for me. Who would you take at this round? <laughs> it seems like more. I, I, I like the <laughs> math there. Um, I'm basically kind of on the same thing, but I'm opposite. I'm going opposite because of the emotional hedge. Randy Rosarena feels like he always hits the Yankees. He's always up in clutch spots and always just rips my heart out. So because I've seen this guy hit the ball in very clutch times and it hurts my feelings, I'm going to pick him to hopefully be able to win some of my morale. It's like I'm going to be happy either way. It's like either I picked it right yeah. – or, you know, it's like, good, Randy Rosarena lost mm-hmm. in the first round. So I kind of feel like it's an emotional hedge here a little bit. Um, and also, mm-hmm. I have no feelings at all uh, regarding Mr. Garcia. So I, I really yeah. – it's like I'm going to <laughs> no. here just because mm-hmm. I, I kind of hate him and I know the guy. So, but other than yeah. that, that's about it. Yeah. The next one on the top one for me, um, Mookie Betts of the Dodgers, plus 900, 26 home runs on the year. I When I saw this, I was like – Wow, I honestly have not much not watched much of the Dodgers this year, but those are some big stats. And you know, he's not your traditional home run hitter that you think about. Um, and he's facing off against Guerrero Jr., the Blue Jays, plus 450, 13 home runs for the year. You already kind of touched on that. I honestly met in my head, I was like, we should probably look and or I should look and see if like any of these are injury, you know, based stats. Like, was Guerrero Jr. hurt? Maybe that's why he's only at 13. I don't know. I forgot to look at it. But um, this one was a tough one for me for some reason. I grew up, my dad was always a really big Vlad Guerrero fan. Um, so I kind of just like was a little biased towards him being his son for whatever reason, nothing other than that. But I also have always like had a soft spot for Mookie Betts. Like he's just one of those cool athletes. Like he's good at bowling. So weird. Like he's just like, you know, was a face of the Red Sox for a long time, which as a Yankees fan, obviously you probably have other feelings, but I've never really had anything against the Red Sox. I thought he was always fun name, fun player to watch. So I struggle with this one, but I think Guerrero Jr., like, I just picture home run hitter. That's who I'm going with over Mookie Betts here. I completely agree. It's like, the only thing that scares me is now with the, because uh, they obviously, they changed the, I mean, a couple years ago, they changed the format of it where, you know, growing up and everything, it was the, you had 10 swings that weren't home runs, and now it's just the time thing. Obviously, Guerrero mm-hmm. Jr. is a pretty big boy, and like, you know, having to maintain that's, you know, that swing, you know, he's a big boy and he swings hard. So having to maintain that for the full three minutes and then you get the extra time, you have to do that over and over and over again. Um, I think that's, that's the only thing that scares me a little bit about him down the road, but I think in this, uh, this first round, he's coming out jacked up and I think, uh, I think he's going to crush it as well. He's fun. And I, it's funny. It's funny that you brought up uh, his dad, because that was actually one of the first games that I went to go see Yankee stadium with my dad they were playing, I believe it was the Expos when Vlad, when his dad was on the team. And uh, we went down and we saw him, his dad, throw a ball from like the third base side dugout, the visiting dugout over the right field wall. And I was like, that's the most amazing thing I've ever seen oh my God. in my life. <laughs> so I, I also have a, I have a soft spot for him yep. because of like, mm-hmm. his dad, but he's fun to watch. Yep. It's exciting. We're, uh, I think we're, we're in, uh, we're in unison there uh, on Guerrero mm-hmm. coming out of that. Mm-hmm. And then closing out the first round, we have um, Mr. Homer Derby, Pete Alonzo of the New York Mets, plus 300, the favorite here coming out of the first round um, against Rodriguez of the Mariner, Mariners, hometown favorite here, I guess you'd say, um, plus 500. I had to go with Pete Alonzo here. I mean, I think he gets it done in the first round after that. 
probably no. Um, but he's looking to have his um, third home run derby title. He's at 26 home runs for this year. I think he just trains for things. Um, and, you know, I can see him coming out super hot first round, probably petering in the second. That's where it ends for him. I don't know if you meant to make the joke about petering, but that is uh, – was very- <laughs> um, That was a good pun. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going to zag here, and I am going to go with uh, Mr. Julio Rodriguez because – I remember playing him last year. He was the standout star of the uh, of the home run derby last year. He was so goddamn good. And I think playing at home, you know, he's going to feel all juiced up by the fans. He's still, I think he's like 22 or 23, super young dude. And I think, I don't know, I think my father-in-law is never not going to forgive me for this one, but I just, it just feels like a, another Mets kind of choke thing. I think this is a terrible matchup for Alonzo. Rodriguez came out and hit so many home runs in the first two rounds last year. Wasn't getting tired. I think, yeah, he ended up with, uh, he ended up with more total home runs than the, than Juan Soto who won the whole thing last year. He went up with like over like 25 more home runs. I think I have the numbers here. Yeah. He had 81 home runs last year uh, in the whole Derby. He had like 31 and then 32 in the first two rounds. So this is by no means an easy walk in the park for Pete Alonso in the first round. I, I get how they kind of tiered it by how many home runs they have in the season so far. Um, but I think don't like Alonso going up the, against the hometown guy who crushed it last year, but ended up losing in the final. So he still got kind of like that chip on his shoulder looking for a win. Um, I don't think this is what anybody wanted to draw up. You wanted to see this matchup a little bit later on. I, I, I think if they could have split up Rodriguez and Alonzo against like a Garcia and a Rosarena or Robert Jr., um, maybe let some of these guys go in the later rounds. But what are you going to do? You and I are uh, going against each other here. and I, I may or may not have put some money on Rodriguez to win the whole thing. Mm, I mean, plus 500, pretty good, good odds there. So... I moving on to the next round took things again going far too far with my far too far with my Orioles bias here. I have Richmond moving on. <laughs> um, I mean, again, like you, I in my bracket, I would have him facing off against Garcia, which neutral party here. You know, I feel like that's just not exciting for me to watch and for him to move on. So I had to go with something that was going to bring me a little bit of some sort of reason to keep watching. Um, and then coming out of the battle of Alonzo and Guerrero Jr. Um, I already alluded to it. I'm taking um, Girl Jr. for this one. And I think that's just going to be an easy one, like I said. So those are my semis. And because I was super boring, I'll just give you my finals match off here. Um, but that leaves us with Girl Jr. and Bretchman. And I am taking Girl Jr. for that. Um, again, you know, try to be a little less biased. I think the plus, plus 1600, I like the odds. I think I still am going to take that just for like, fun but if I'm having to be a little more analytical here and not sound like a total idiot <laughs> on this podcast I think that um Blackbird Jr. comes off with the win here I like that I think that's gonna be fun I like always try to close my eyes and envision like the guy holding the trophy at the end and who it's gonna be and Guerrero Jr. seems mm-hmm. like the guy that could be doing that yeah. he's just like out there having fun hitting dingers and just mm-hmm. like you love it so I also have Rushman going into the going into the third round. Like I have Rushman and Rosarena to eat Rushman taking that, which is the only thing that scares mm-hmm. me is that you and I are both being like Adley Rushman is going to basically make it to the semis. Right. And uh, I feel like there's no, just because like we both agree on that. We're like, oh, that's going to be fun. It's like now it just feels like there's no way that yeah. it's going to happen. It's going to somehow. Uh, and then I have Rodriguez beating Guerrero Jr. again. It's basically just, this is just based on his last year performance. And the fact mm-hmm. that he's like the hometown guy. But then I also think about it. I always end up questioning myself, questioning my picks. Because it's like, how often does the guy, it's like, 
oh, it's in Seattle. Uh, the Mariners going to come out and win the whole thing. It's like, yeah, that sounds like too good of a story, of a story, like a storybook story for that to actually happen. But yeah, that being said, that's my pick. I'm taking Rodriguez the whole way. He was one. Uh, uh, oh yeah. He hit 81 home runs last year. Like, the, like he, yeah. he really knows how to do this. He's young. He's not really going to get tired because he's, you know, he's super tall and long, so he doesn't have to swing as hard as some of these other dudes. Um, hopefully he gets juiced up with the hometown crowd. Um, but that's what I'm going with. And I got to, I just yeah. like, I like that he wants to come back and do it. Like Juan mm-hmm. Soto, you won it last year, like come back and do it again. That's right. what I love about like Guerrero and, and Alonzo and like, mm-hmm. all the rest of these guys. Like, I mean, obviously Mookie Betts is a star. Um, yeah. you know, Rutschman is kind of like an up and coming guy, but it's like, it's fun to see the stars do this. And like, sometimes there's a, mm-hmm. league, but like, I don't know, like, why is John Carlos Stanton aside from being injured all the time? Like, why is Stanton not even in, right. in hurt? Like, why aren't these guys like, doing this all the time the winner gets a million mm-hmm. a million dollars mm-hmm. yep I, just, I know i just feel like everybody should be doing it i feel the same thing about the dunk contest and these fun things like these yeah. are fun when when the big names come out and do mm-hmm. it and I, mm-hmm. I, I will always respect alonzo and guerrero and guys like bets people that come yeah. out and kind of put their nuts on the line they're like you know i'm gonna come out and maybe make a fool of myself maybe not hit too many home runs but they're gonna give it a go so Big time respect yeah. for all those guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and then I had one other fun bet that I'm trying with on this. Um, 483.5 yards, um, which is more than any in the past five years, with the exception of when they were out in Colorado. I think there was, I believe it was over 480, but I don't think it was over 483. But I feel like that might just be like a fun over to take because then you don't want to like be rooting for like these weak home runs, you know, that barely make it over the wall. So I feel like that's another way for me to get engaged following the distance, you know, that they're able to hit these. So I think I'm going to take that. It sounds ridiculously far, like closing in on 500. That's insane. Um, But I feel like each year, you know, technology progresses. These guys are bigger, better, faster, stronger. And soon enough, they're going to be, you know, getting over the 180 or 480. So. Or if he, I I couldn't agree, and I'm I'm not gonna lie to you. Maybe the oh, if if the, I don't, mean, this may make you feel better. Um, I did see any player to hit a home run uh, over 524 and a half feet was plus 1500. So I mean, what was Am I not gonna take that at least a little bit, just to right. sprinkle it on there? So uh, <laughs> I was looking at the 425. If that's gonna make your four uh, your 480, yeah. whatever, four, what is it, 483 and a half feel a little better? 483 and a half. What a what yeah. a dumb, what a dumb under to take. Sure, maybe is it smart mm-hmm. money, I guess, but that's got to be the least fun way to watch the home run derby. You don't want to see Vlad Guerrero up junior up there and be like, man, I hope he only hits at like mm-hmm. four thirty. Who cares? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And can you tell that I've been in like watching my Tour de France era that I said yards because I'm. Yeah. <laughs> I realized that after I was like, wait, I've been watching way too much just cycling, figuring out the distances between them. That would be insane if it was close to 500 yards. So yep. I'm gonna get ahead of that now. <laughs> People out there putting, uh, you know, you're, you're longer than uh, longer than drives and in, uh, in, mm. in, uh, in golf. But you're listen. Yeah, yeah. But we know we know what you meant. We're good to go. And there, uh, mm-hmm. as long as you're placing the bet on the over. And we're uh, and we're rooting for the long balls. I'm I'm very excited for it. And then I always like yeah. to look up any sort of rules because I feel like they change some rules all the time. Okay. And then I remember last year, whatever. It's always like, confusing with the announcers. They don't really know. So basically, the first two rounds, it's each batter gets three minutes, and they have a chance to take a 45 second break whenever they want. 
Um, and then after that, it's two minutes after the first two rounds, like the last rounds are two minutes. And then they, I guess they all, every hitter automatically gets 30 seconds of bonus time. So I don't know why they're not just making it three and a half minutes. And then if they hit two home runs that are over 440 feet, then they get an additional 30 seconds. It just seems like they have the right kind of idea doing the time because it's fun. It's like, it's just try to get as many runs in as fast as possible. Like it is a little bit more Mm -hmm. fun you know, trying to wait, watch these uh, guys wait for their perfect pitch because uh, they're mm-hmm. so many swings. Like, I think that was the right move. But I don't know why yeah. they make it so weird with so many different caveats. It's like, give them an amount of time, give them a timeout, and, like, there's one prize at the end. I don't know why you have to have an additional 30 seconds at the end. Right. I, it doesn't make any sense to me. If anything, that they're looking to, like, you know, make it so it's a little less monotonous, which I don't think it is monotonous, like we said, with, you know, now having a time cap. They should have you, like, you should get bonus, like, points, like, counting for home runs if you hit further distance, not time. So, like, oh, if yeah. you hit it over a 440, it should count as two, not one. Like, they should Ooh. do things like that for incentive rather than just now you're just, like, extending it. And people are just – it's basically just people can take breaks more when they want to take a break if they want by doing these little time bonuses. So, I feel like they should go off of, like, scoring bonuses, not time bonus. I like that. Yeah, it's, like, over 440 is two. Like, over 460 is three. And, like, if they went over 500, mm-hmm. it's five. Yeah, I love that. Yep. I mean, obviously, it's like that would be more conducive to some of the bigger dudes that are hitting it farther. But it's like that's the name of the game. That's that sounds fun. Mm-hmm. I, I, go, I was just thinking the whole time, like, why, why, why are we making this difficult? Like, I think they should juice the balls, whatever, like, yeah. whatever made the balls go farther. Give them courts bats. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Like, let's let's see these guys hit fifty home runs in three minutes. I don't give a shit. And then uh, yeah. I like your idea, which kind of fixes my problems. Like the only thing I miss about the ten pitch or like the ten swing. The money ball was the best. It's like you wait till they mm-hmm. got to like eighth or ninth out, whatever they had. Yeah. Like however many they hit with the money ball. Like that was the shit. That you just like gave mm-hmm. it. It was a game changer. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, it was like it kept it like anything could happen until that, you know, until that moment, yeah. which was good, obviously. Yeah. I feel like even if they did like half points for some of it, or or like if you hit like a certain number in a row, you got yeah. like a bonus amount. Like there's different ways they could be doing this other than just like fluctuating the amount of time. That yeah, that's has. great. Yeah. Like if, yeah, you hit three in a row, like from three to five, they're worth it. Uh, see, they should get you in the room. We, we need to be in the room. Mm-hmm. They need to be listening to us. We need to have some ideas. They need fan consultants. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't, yeah. We don't need an, an automatic 30 second overtime. We need, we need money balls. We need more points and uh, we need mm-hmm. balls. I don't, I, I, I love it. But regardless, I'm excited. We'll uh, maybe we'll figure out a little bet here that we can do, but uh, we got Rodriguez versus Guerrero. We'll see who's going to mm-hmm. happen, who's going to uh, who's going to win the whole thing. But I am uh, I'm very excited. Yeah, it should be fun. It's always a good night, and I like that it's on a Monday night, especially yeah. when things are super in a lull right now. Um, right. I alluded to it earlier, but I'm in extra sports lull because since I've thrown myself into the Tour de France, and today's a rest day. They so they go. They it's 21 stages of cycling in 23 days. So there's two rest days on Mondays. And I've been full and gross, and I'm just like, I'm I'm not here for this. <laughs> this is where I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing. So I did want to provide a little update on the tour in case anyone who's listening actually started watching it. Um, it was a pretty solid weekend of racing. It definitely is shaping up where I would recommend people tune in the last like five days. If you're gonna do anything, tune in for the last five days. I'll keep you updated next week if that's not the case. But <laughs> um, basically, where it's facing off right now is the guys who are one, two in the general classification, which is again, is like the overall score, like fastest compiled time of each stage. Um, and that's like the most prestigious one to win. There's 17 seconds apart right now, which is like very little. That's basically nothing. 
Um, so that makes this a really exciting race so far um, because you basically have to be on every single day. Um, so the drama should continue. From what I've gathered as a new cyclist watcher, um, these two guys are like very much up and coming. Some of the best like cyclists, I guess Lance Armstrong is calling them, you know, some of the most impressive riders he's ever seen, which if you watch anything from the tour, like to me, Lance Armstrong, he was the only cyclist I knew before this, yeah. right? Like he cycling Lance, like strongly associated. He is non-existent when you watch these like races, like they don't even speak of him, which I think is crazy because like, let's for example, equate to like the Barry Bonds era and things like that. Right. Like, he's still mentioned in MLB games, like, you know, like stats wise performances, you know, think numbers he was able to put up, but like Lance Armstrong won. Oh God, I'm going to butcher it. Somewhere between seven and nine tour differences in a, in a row, which is absolutely crazy. Like people winning like two in a row does not happen. And when you look at it, he got stripped of all of them. So now when you look at the last tour de France winners, there's just like a bunch of asterisks in a row from the years that Lance won. Um, but even when they're racing, like they'll talk about like, oh, at this stage, so-and-so did this. Or, you know, just comparing stats and things like that. And he has not been mentioned once in this entire time that I've been watching it. And cycling races, these races are like four to five hours. Like there's, they have to make up stuff to talk about during oh. it. And like the fact that Lance Armstrong is not allowed to be spoken of in the tour de France is like so wild to me. Um, but I mean, I get it, you know, the doping era and everything, but it's just like so funny. It just speaks differences, I guess, to other American sports, how he like truly seems like he's been out like an outlaw from the like the sport of cycling. <laughs> like they're shunning him basically is what it comes down to. And it's crazy. It almost feels like they're just trying to like be like be the purists or whatever. It's because it's like here, like, sure. I think when it first happened and especially, I mean, there's a lot of like, kind of old man yelling at cloud people that are like Barry Bonds ruined baseball and whatever. It's like, but then most people are like, well, he was fun as shit to watch. And it was amazing. And rather regardless of the steroid use, like he's still maybe the greatest baseball player ever to play the game. Like he was absolutely incredible. And it's like, again, I don't have any previous or since cycling knowledge beyond Lance Armstrong, but yeah, it's I just like, well, we won seven times in a row from 99 to 2005. And to yeah. just kind of like whitewash the sport, it feels very like, oh, he put it, he was a stain on the sports. Like everybody was juicing back right. then. It wasn't just him, everybody was juicing and he was still the best of everybody that was was on right. the sauce. So it's like, yeah. it's, it doesn't, you don't need to act like it didn't happen. It didn't ruin the sport. It made it exciting for the time. And obviously it's like, I, I get it. Like it can't happen, you know, and you, you don't want to promote it and then you don't want it to be a, a thing of the sport of the future. Like, like, I mean, I, I'm trying to think of reasons why they would be like, right. You can't talk about it as well. Like, you know, we don't want our kids growing up and taking steroids and cycling. It's like they're testing now. Like nobody's, you know, nobody's going to do it, right. but it was still one of the most impressive feats of any sport ever. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, that's, what's interesting about it too. is like the fact that I was like, I actually had read a book about it a long time ago. Like everyone in cycling was juicing at the time. And like, he even like Lance had said in his testimonies and they like provide, I think they like provide data on this. Like it would have been impossible to win a tour de France back then without like doing steroids. Like if you go back to like who would be next in line, you know, it's like hundreds of riders back. And he, so the fact that it's just like, absolutely, totally like that time block of period doesn't exist at all is just insane. And I think it could do so much for cycling. Bring this because he's a household name for people all over for better or for worse. Um, but yeah, I think that's just so one thing I've noticed that's super interesting about it, but 
it should be fun. I'm looking forward to the things getting back on track tomorrow and I'll keep everyone updated on when it's worth tuning into because it is a commitment for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's fun. It's providing me entertainment, you know, and I might have to start watching the Women's World Cup soon because that starts when Tour de France is over and I feel like I'm going to be lost until football season. So that might be my next thing, Women's World yeah. Cup. We'll I'm see. in for that. I'm in for the people get into it, especially, I mean, obviously being in the U.S., it's, uh, you know, it, it almost feels like a foregone conclusion. Uh, but a lot of these other teams get good. I'm going to do some research. We'll come we'll, we'll come prepared with a, with a full-on preview, and I'm, I'm very in for that. I, the World Cup is always a very, very good time, watching all the countries get together and uh, – and do all that. I mean, the, the whatever the men's one that just happened last year was, uh, was amazing and a lot of fun. So I, uh, I am very excited for that as well. So we got stuff on the horizon. We got lots of stuff. And listen, there's mm-hmm. nothing going on now. We're still having a lot of fun. We're having good conversations, mm-hmm. but, uh, it's just going to keep getting better. We'll get some hard knocks. We'll get some other reviews. So life is good, man. Well, everything is very, very good. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I'm excited. Honestly, you've gotten me very excited to hear more about the tour de France. So I'm going to be paying attention. We're going to see how everything finishes up. We're going to see how they, uh, how they do and i'm gonna you know I, i'm gonna be listening for uh for lance armstrong see if they can do it because it just you know what you're talking about it just feels like uh you know if your cousin became like a drug yeah. addict or something and you're all sitting around the table mm-hmm. at thanksgiving it's like oh yeah we don't we don't really talk about jeff yeah, yeah like he does he's no. not like things <laughs> <aren't good. laughs> yeah so, no i might have to like stir up some controversy by start commenting on like the tour de france things and be like what would lance have done or like you know as commenting lance armstrong stats on their stuff and just see like do my comments get deleted that would be the good test if i comment on the tour de france like a lot instagram pages and then they get deleted if i mention lance armstrong that is the real real test here yeah be a lance Lance armstrong apologist i like it we'll see we we won't let you be censored we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna stand we're gonna we'll keep our instagram might be deactivated by the time you hear this we'll see (laughs) those those powerful those powerful cycling lobbies we got well beautiful life life is getting good spend some time outside enjoy it because Mm -hmm. listen before we know it it's going to be fall it's going to be football season it's going to be basketball season it's going to be playoff baseball life is going to be good again so we got to enjoy some time outside enjoy some time Mm -hmm. with the family before they don't see us anymore and uh Mm -hmm. and everything's going to be good so Again, follow us on uh, Play Your Yards Right Pod on Instagram. DM us any of your questions if you want to hear more uh, more about the Tour de France. Whatever you uh, whatever you think we should be following, mm-hmm. should be touching on. But uh, thank you guys for listening. We appreciate all the feedback, and we will talk to you next week. Yep, have a good one. I got to figure out how to stop recording. And I've been looking. I want you to get some. Uh,